0: Is Stephen Loney, who is uh, oh yeah, and yeah. he sort of describes a life that's mm. kind of chasing his tail through prison. Yeah. And he said, "What well, he'd only been actually back home for 120 days out of mm. how was the last?" Day. And I think it was also just when you were talking earlier about Camilla, this idea that she was the one that was yeah. going to get out. I mean, everyone has the choice, but that some people's choices, you say, what? And the, the, yeah, that says that you can mess up, and there's going to be someone to... To, like to pat or to pa- even to pat you on the head, you know, yeah. well done, Boris, for smacking yeah. the hell out of that policeman or whatever it mm. was. Not suggesting that Boris did, obviously, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but but for these kids, it was you go out on a random night out and just the chances
1: of yeah walking into something or that kind of just in not keeping good company has a marked man in his car doesn't realise although it's not like his dad hasn't said you need to stay away from those guys you know but you know the, 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 there's a sort of lovely description of Justin from I can't remember her name now but the community worker his close friend and family he was like he was nerdy yeah. you know she said he wasn't street material uh. his affairs. he wasn't street material and so you know and one of the testimonies from a friend, you know, that he used to play words with friends in the chemistry class, you know. Yeah. Justin is he's, he's a clever kid, he's a bit nerdy, he wants some street kid he's definitely kind of, you know, sexually active and um, he wants to be out where the action is. And and the Stockton Street boys seem to clearly be kinda of having a lot of fun and his um his friend, who says, "You know, actually, sort of problem with Justin is he didn't respect the gang lines particularly. You know, he, he would kind of hang out with mm. everybody, and it doesn't really work." Yeah, because there were sort of Crips and Bloods. In yeah, funeral in Goldsboro, North Carolina. You know, <laughs> this is kind of tiny little, yeah. and so he's out in the green Cadillac, and this, and it was very. Chilling when Greg shows me the car, you know. He, he that's the car he was shot. The shot car in. he was shot in, and he lifts up the the garage door, and there's this one bullet. I mean, it was one bullet, and you see the kind of spider's web of glass that comes out this one bullet, and you know it got it got Justin. Didn't get the You know, didn't get his mark. Yeah, and um. um And I say to Greg, because he's got a a younger son, he's also called Greg, and I said, what are you going to do with the car now? And he's like, "Uh, you know, I guess Greg can have it if he wants it. You know, the younger son can have it if he wants it, but, you know. And he, he, describing, and if this was a film, you could imagine this filmically uh, brutal. But that his friends, because Justin's head goes back and there's all this blood in the back seat and his friends kind of cleared it up for him, you know, he couldn't face it. And uh, when I originally wrote that chapter, I tried to make, uh, I mean, I just, I couldn't make it work in the end. I think think without being... Particularly self-deprecating. I think a better or more experienced writer could. I mean, I really wanted to make try and make the car the central character mm. in this thing, and it didn't work out. So I kind of unpick it and uh, do it again. But that um, that Greg gives him this car, even though he hasn't graduated, but he is going to leave mm. town, and it's something. Greg he goes through it, and it's something like I gave him the car on a mm. Tuesday. He got his license. On the, I think it gives him the car on a Wednesday, got his license on a Thursday, he fixed it on a Friday, and he says it's back in the garage by Sunday. You know, towed back with all this blood in it. I'm you write uh the
0: idea of giving a, a human face to, mm. to yeah, the it's collateral. An introduction. Yeah. Um, my aim here is to put a human face, a child's face, on the collateral damage. of... It was an emotionally exhausting book to read. I read really it mm. quite quickly. Um, that must have been a challenge f- for you. As, I mean, as well as a reporter, I want to ask about the emotional toll on, on you. But just, h- how did you keep the stories? Because um, it ultimately it's the same awful mm. stories, uh, and it could have been bludgeoning. But it somehow wasn't. And ha- how how was that challenge for you as a writer to turn these into a sort of
1: book narrative? Well. Partly by s- taking a lot of effort on place, which gives a broader sense of America. I was quite determined that it was, would also be a book about America. Mm-hmm. And so these very specific, particular geographical spaces, which even when they're boring, like Grove City, mm-hmm. Jaden kind of giving a sense of how it's boring and that kind of, you know, that line from her other friend Amy about um, uh, you used to have to go to you used to have to go somewhere else to get a pair of shoes if you didn't want them at Kmart or something Mm. The White Castle, which is a kind of really low-rent burger joint was like the end of town Mm. and best home city, you know, best hometown in Ohio and how Amy's friends' kids go to the same school, you know, four generations at the same school, and how the police come over because the dog is barking and it's kind of quarter to ten. So just trying to give a sense of, like, how boring it is, mm. almost. And so every trying to give every place is kind of due you know, was, was one thing about the kind of giving some relief from the inevitability um, uh, that where there was a theme going with that and, and owning it where there wasn't a theme so just like well with Edwin there's no extra theme mm. it's just Edwin and the, you know and I think about you know I'm Wondering as I'm going down there, maybe his mum and you know um, migration, and but it just doesn't come through, mm. you know. And I say to his mum, "Are you sorry that you moved here?" And she says, "No," and that's kind of the end of that, really. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And so, um, um and I imagined it. I, I did. Before I started I talked to my editor about I said, How do we turn this into not into a tale of unrelenting wow? You know, I was even kinda of concerned about death being in the title. I was just like, Who wants to read a book that just is death? <laughs> do you know what I mean? How and it is you know, it is a thing. You know, people it's like, you know, I remember when Shinder's List came out, I was either too happy or too sad to see it for yeah. a long time, you know. It's like uh, took me a while to to get there. And she said, well, I don't know, but I think it's, it will be in the reporting, probably, that the more you bring these characters to life, the less it will feel like it's about death. Mm-hmm. Partly about trying to kind of... Also partly trying to bring take the reader on my journey without it being a book about me. Do you know what I mean? Like, sure. Um, so, reportorially, where, um, where it's difficult to find someone, talking to people about how it's difficult, why it's difficult, and how you find people, you know, without boring them, but just kind of, you know, when it's interesting. Um... So, you know, so... A a number... Not really... They weren't really devices as such. It's just that you... You have the story of the child. And then you have the themes when they're present. And then... You know, when I'm talking to my wife or... You know, so... And you kind of realise... Well, actually, the process is actually interesting to people and it's a way of kind of, you know, uh, uh, connecting these, you know, these things where it's appropriate. And sometimes it's a kind of, it's a bit of a toss-up, you know, if I'm going to, do I talk about why it can be weird being a black British journalist doing these (laughs) things or not, Mm. you know, or do I do I go into detail about how I feel I screwed up the attempt to contact Kenneth Mills Tucker's dad? You went in directly. I called him directly, and, and there was, you know, just deep in, take a breath, and then, OK, you know, do I make this call? And the grandparents have been like, yeah, God, this is, you know, originally, and then think, OK, you know, can we do this? And you kind of walk around a block yeah. a bit, have a cigarette think and um, I'm in Bob case, you know, and then you realise that, you know, I can't, I just, I don't want to stop the guy, he doesn't want to talk to me. So...